Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them really quickly. Flip to Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew chapter 20. And this is what it says. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons. In other words, the mother goes and grabs a couple of her sons, right? Grabs just a couple of them and starts to pull the couple of sons with him, right? She brings them up to them. And as she's approaching Jesus, that's the him in the story. She's grabbing them and bringing her sons to him. Praise the Lord. They went right back. This is what it says with her sons. And kneeling before him, before Jesus, asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit. I was trying to give you two a seat, but you you walked away. I'm just saying. Say these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared for by my Father. And when the ten heard it, when the other disciples heard it, when the other brothers in Christ heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and he said to all of them, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for the many. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you came humbly, laying down your life on behalf of us so that we can now be in right standing, positioned correctly before the Father today. In you, Jesus. What an incredible incredible gift you've given us and I pray that today Lord that I would decrease and your spirit would increase that I would be able to articulate this message in the way that you designed it to be articulated so that every heart would be pulled towards you this morning that every one of us would take another step closer to you that we would find ourselves positioned correctly before you I thank you for that today I believe that in Jesus' name. Good morning to each and every one of you. And you all already know what I'm about to say. So go ahead. If you're good, shout I'm good in the chat. And if you're in-house, shout I'm good as well so they can clap back in the chat. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. Well, just like Jonathan said on the video, man, I am extra excited today because we are launching into a brand new teaching series titled positioned come on titled position put that in the chat right now positioned 
positioned. I want to get, get this written on the tablets of our hearts this morning. And look, today is going to be our intro into this series. This, this series will continue to get better as we go along because it's going to get more detailed, more specific on how we find ourselves positioned correctly before God. But today, we're going to chart a course for where we're going to be headed over the next several weeks together in this new series, Positioned. Come on, say that at home. Say positioned, position. And man, we're going to talk about how important, right, it is to be positioned correctly before God. <clears throat> how important it is. And it was crazy, right, because I was all set to head in a different direction this week. Matter of fact, as I was preparing for my sermon last week, within the back of my mind where I'm heading this week, right, the, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a small, still voice, whispered to my heart, just one word, positioned. This is where it came from. He said, positioned. And so I said, okay, cool, Lord. Sounds good to me. Let's, let's go for it. And so what I did is I went to the dictionary and I looked up the definition of positioned. And, and this is what I found. To arrange or to align someone or something in a specific order. To be intentional with where you place yourself or something or someone. It's, it's intentional, positioned. Now, that wasn't the first thing I did, actually. The, the very first thing I did when I, when I heard the word positioned, right, my mind went straight to sports, okay, because I... I'm a sports nut and it's extra bad right now because they've taken every sport away in a very extra way, right? So I'm, I'm literally an unrelenting desire for sports to come back ASAP. Um, however, we're not gonna talk about that, but my mind went straight to sports. When I heard the Lord say, position, be positioned, get positioned, I started thinking about sports, specifically basketball, okay? Now, I know this, I live in Central PA, and I love this place. This is my home. This is where God has called my family and I, okay? So there's no place we would rather be. However, there are a ton of you on the other side of this screen right now that are calling me a pumpkin pusher. Now, I have never heard that term in my entire life until I came to Central PA. Never have heard it. And the reason you're calling me a pumpkin pusher is because you're a wrestler. I won't hold that against you. However, even as a wrestler, right, you can relate about how important it is to be in the right position against your opponent. However, I'm a basketball player, okay? And so you're not going to catch me calling up volunteers and wrestling up here in front of all of you, although some of you would pay good money to see that. I am not going to put myself through that in Jesus' name. <laughs> but I'm going to stay right in my lane today, and I'm going to use basketball as my illa. And so I got a couple volunteers this morning to help me. We're going to move this just for a minute and we'll move it back. We got time. I'm with you guys for at least an hour and a half longer. So here we go. I got a couple, couple volunteers, my man, Brent, my man, Matt, we all know them, but I just like to say their names. Praise the Lord. We'll call them James and John today. The brothers of Zebedee, <laughs> sons of thunder. Come on, somebody. But anyway, they're going to help me with this illustration, and I thought it would be proper. I thought it would be protocol. I thought it'd be good etiquette to wear my J's today, right? Because I want to be, I want to be like Mike. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be the shoes. I'm showing my age by reliving Jordan commercials. All these young people are like, "What in the world is this dude talking about?" 
However, it was a thing back in the day. But, but here we go. So we're going to use basketball as the illustration, and we're going to go not even a quarter speed. We're going we're gonna to walk through this thing, not fancy, nothing crazy, okay? But I'm going to be on offense, and Brent's going to be on defense. Now, Matthew is on my team, okay? He's, he's on my team, and he's just going to stand there and draw the defense away from me if, if possible. Now, so when, when I'm on offense, right, the entire time I'm trying to set up the defense because I want to catch them out of position so that I can take advantage of them and exploit their weaknesses so I can either one, right, score a bucket or two, dish it so he can score the bucket. All right. So that's what we're, that, that, that's that's what I'm doing. The entire time I'm on this court, this is my court right now. Can you tell? Praise the Lord. We're on a hard court, but you got to imagine it with me. OK, you got to go there with me. But the entire time I'm on this court and I'm playing ball, I'm trying to catch him out of position in order to take advantage of him and to exploit his weaknesses, which, by the way, is exactly what the enemy wants to do to us. This is what he's constantly trying to do to us. And he never stops. He never relents. He's constantly sin is crouching at our door, right? Trying to, to search for an opportunity to pounce on you and me. He's trying to exploit our weaknesses, the enemy, to take advantage of us. And so we've got to make sure we're in the right, we're in the right position, positioned correctly before the Lord. But when I'm on the basketball court, and let's say I'm the point guard at this time, right? I prefer shooting guard, praise the Lord, but I'm a point guard right now. So, and I'm dribbling down the court. Young people on the other side of the screen, you should listen, praise the Lord. But when I'm dribbling down the court, okay, I'm bringing it up. Now, look, I cannot show my Jordan-esque moves, okay, because I'm mic'd up, so you're just going to take my word for it. I got my skinny jeans on. They're cutting off my circulation. So I'm not going to do a lot of moves for you, okay? However, you're going to take my word. For if I'm dribbling against Brent, right, and I'm trying to take him, okay, I'm going to use my dribble to set him up. I'm going here. I'm going to cross him up, and then I'm coming in, and I'm doing a left-handed layup, right? Or I'm going to head left, cross right, take him to the cup with the right hand. Okay, I'm going to do that a couple of times. And then the next time, I'm going to take two hard dribbles to foul line extended, what they call the elbow, and I'm going to pull up for a short jumper and knock it down. Okay, So these are the things that I'm doing while I'm dribbling. Right, I'm setting him up to get him out of position and the whole time trying to set up my position right, so that I can be in the right position. Now, let's say this. Let's say he is in good position. Let's say he is, very unlikely, but let's say he is for the sake of argument, okay? Let's say he stops me. I can't get around him. I can't go over him. I know I can't go through him. Way too big. He'll slam me. But, but, but he stops me, and now I picked up my dribble, and I have to kick it back outside to him, okay? Now, just because I don't have the ball doesn't mean I quit on the play. I don't quit. I'm still working to create separation and to get him out of position. And so maybe what I do is, is I come in here, I jab step, stick my foot as close to his feet as possible so that he gets his feet out of position, right? And I step here and I come back and I'm looking for the ball. You're getting a tutorial. I'll charge you later. I'm just saying, youngins, okay? So I come here, I catch the ball off the pass. Now, if I can't take it and shoot it right away, I don't dribble right away. This is what I tell these young people all the time. These young kids, they want to catch the ball and then just start dribbling. I'm like, what are you doing? When you dribble sideways, you're not making the defense do anything, 
right? You're letting them get back into position. So instead of if I catch the ball and I can't shoot right away, what I do here, Brent, now we're back over here. So I catch the ball and I face up. Now the basket's there. I square up and I get in what they call a triple threat position, right? I feel like Dickie V right now. Okay. Come on, baby. Diaper dandy. So look, <clears throat> all right. So I'm in a triple threat position. And the reason they call that is because I have three options right now. I can either pass the ball, right? Or I can shoot the ball or I can dribble. And because I have these three options and I'm in this triple threat position, I have the defense at a great advantage. Now it's a whole lot harder for him to be positioned correctly to stop, to stop me because he's got to guard three things instead of just one thing. The entire game of basketball is about position, positioned correctly, being positioned correctly, especially on defense, right? On defense. Okay. Let me switch it up on you. I'll, I'll, I'll show you. Turn around here like you're going to the bucket, right? So on defense, man, you got to be in the position and you're down here, right? You got your hands up, not like this, like this, because if you slap down, they're calling a reach. But if you slap up, right, you can take the ball from them, right? But you're centered gravity, man, and you're having your feet down, right? Your head on their, on their belt buckle so that they can't juke you with their head and all that stuff, right? So you stay right here. You get in the proper position, it's all about positioning. In almost all sports, in all sports, it's the same way. Being positioned correctly is the key for victory. Thank you, volunteers. Come on, come on. Somebody put an emoji clap up in the, up in the chat. I appreciate them. Come on. In most of the sports, man, it's exactly like this. And this is where, where my brain went right away when the Lord spoke to me the word position. Now, I wanted to take you there for a moment, but I won't keep you there a whole lot longer because you'll go crazy like I am. However, this is what God spoke to me. See, because here's the thing. The analogy really works well between sports and life. Why? Here's why. Because in sports, you have an opponent. There is an opponent. In life, you have an opponent. In sports, you should want a victory. If you don't want the victory, I'd argue you shouldn't be playing the sport. I'm just saying. But that's not the point. In sports, right, we want the victory. In life, the difference is we have to have victory. We can't just want it. We have to have it. Because, see, in sports, it's not about life or death, although a lot of us would argue that, that standpoint, right? We, we really would. I'd be one of them. But... It's really not about life and death, but this thing called life really is life or death. It really does have eternal implications. How we have positioned ourselves in this life as we walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus will either one secure our eternity or not. And I promise you this man, this, this enemy in this life, He's not playing games. That was a game me and Brent and Matt were playing. That was a game. That was fun, right? It's funny. The enemy's not playing. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Everything God has for you and your family and for me and my family. Several times he showed me he isn't playing in my life. So we can't afford to be playing in life. You, you know, in sports, right, it's, it's a trophy that's on the line. Right? There's a trophy on the line, but the thing about life is, in life, there is the crown of life on the line. 
The stakes are much higher in life than they are in sports, but the analogy goes really well. Matter of fact, the apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter nine, he says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, a, a trophy. They do it to receive a trophy. But us, for us who are sons and daughters of God, we position ourselves correctly, exercise self-control in our lives so that we are positioned correctly because we are here to, to inherit an imperishable crown to live an eternity with Jesus. So, so I don't run aimlessly. I do not box as a boxer beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. I make sure I'm positioned correctly. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one says it this way. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, because there are so many people watching us, because the enemy is paying attention, trying to catch us out of position, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily clings to us and let us run this race with endurance. Let us run the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We must be positioned correctly by looking to Jesus. Come on, put that in the chat. I'm in the right position. Come on, put it in. I'm in the right position. Position is is key. James chapter one says it this, this way, blessed is the man or the woman who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. See, in sports, it's a trophy, but in this life, there's a crown of life at stake. That's what's on the line. And James is saying, blessed is the man or the woman who remains steadfast under every trial in this life. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those that love him that God has promised to those that have positioned themselves correctly, postured themselves and positioned themselves correctly before him. Being positioned correctly is, is very, very, very important. And look, the meaning of being in the right position in the kingdom is com completely different than the meaning of being in the right position in the world. Completely opposite ends of the spectrum. See, whenever we, we hear position in a worldly context framed by the world, we think of a job title, a specific title like CEO, CFO, COO, right? Whatever OOs they want to put on there. In the world, position means everything because someone's position speaks to their possessions and their success. It speaks to their economic stature, their social status. This is what their position talks about. And a lot of times what we find in the world is, is how people will try to position themselves next to people that have the greatest position, right? They'll try to get close to them in hopes that one day, right, they will achieve this person's position or at very least have one like, like them. They arrange themselves in specific manners and in certain ways close to certain people in an effort to cling to whatever they have deemed successful. This is how they see 
position. Now, the crazy thing is, and actually the sad thing is, is it's the same way in ministry. I see it a lot of times in ministry. People trying to cuddle up to the, to the person that has the greatest platform, the brightest stage, the, the flashiest brand, right? They try to arrange themselves close to a man or a woman with the greatest notoriety in hopes that one day that great person with that great position will pass the mic off to them and they can show off what they can do with it. Now, it's funny because I've heard pe people get really spiritual because in the Christian world, you got to cover it all up with Christianese. And so they'll, they'll say, well, I got to catch the mantle. I'm, I'm trying to catch the mantle as if they're Elisha and that person's Elijah. But in reality, they're not looking at the mantle. They're trying to catch the fame that that person has possessed. And to be honest with you, to be honest with you, whether it's in a worldly context or in a ministry context, to live this way is exhausting and daunting. And this is not how the Lord has called any of us to live. See, when the Lord spoke to me positioned, he was, he was saying this, make sure you're positioned correctly to hear my word. Make sure you're positioned correctly to receive my word. Be positioned to be used by me and to speak for me. Be positioned to fulfill the call that I have on your life. Because I have a call specifically on you. Be positioned for purpose and be positioned on purpose. Being in the right position, man, is a very important thing not your title, not your status. And one of the things that we see through the life of Jesus while he was walking and talking on this earth, he was teaching his disciples. He was teaching them about position and he was drawing a distinction between, between a position and being positioned. There's a distinction between the two. And in our main text today that we read a few minutes ago, we see these, these two brothers, these two disciples, along with their mama, wanting for themselves a position for themselves, which caused them, check this out, they wanted a position for themselves, which caused them to be out of position with God. Now, what's funny, when I was reading this, I, I think about this, right? As a parent, I can sympathize with the mom. Right, like, as parents, we can sympathize because she wanted the best for her sons, just like I want the best for my kids. I'll do everything, anything for my kid. My kid deserves more than any other kid. Praise the Lord. It's my opinion. It's my story. I'm sticking to it. However, I can sympathize with this mother, but the problem with this mother's request is she wanted for them what God didn't want for them. This is why it's so important as parents to be positioned correctly with the Lord. So we're hearing from the Lord correctly so that we know the purposes and the plans that God has for them so that we're not going against what God has for them. So that we're not pushing them towards something that God never intended on them having in the first place. Being positioned is, it's important. It's important. And in our main text today, this mom, these two brothers, thought that the position they wanted for themselves was important. So important, in fact, that they 
They go to the king himself and ask for it. And see, here's the thing. When we seek for ourselves a position, it will always lead to selfish ambitions. It has to. It has to. And see, the Lord says this. I want you to be selfless, not selfish. This is how God has called us to to live and in order to be positioned before him correctly, this is how we are to live our lives. And so, so this mom, right, she comes to Jesus and she says to Jesus, give, give my sons the seat, one at your right hand and the one at your left hand, the place of authority. Give my kids the best seat in the entire house. I want them to have the great position within your kingdom, Jesus. I want them to have every advantage over everyone else. Now, it's funny because in Mark chapter 10, they have this same account that is written right, by Peter. Mark is writing on behalf of Peter, and this is what he writes. He writes that the two brothers asked themselves for the position for themselves, showing us this, that it wasn't just the mom that put them up to this. It was probably the son saying, mom, could you do this for me? I know I've done that to mama a couple of times. Mom, take care of me. Mom, go handle this for me. And so this is what we see. They wanted this position for themselves. And, and, and Jesus' answers is this. He says, he says, you don't know what you're asking of me. You have no idea. And then he, he answers the question with the question. And I love that he does it all the time. To, to get your, your wheels turning so, so that you get to search your heart so it reveals the position of your heart. And he says, are you able to drink the drink that I have to drink? These two disciples, James and John, they say this, their, their response was, we are able, we are able. And Jesus says back, he says, you will drink my cup. Kind of funny. You're right, you are able to drink my cup, but to sit at my right and at my left, it's, it's not mine to give you. It's not mine, I can't, I can't give it to you. It's, it's for those for whom it has been prepared for by my father. And I love this response from Jesus. Because Jesus, this is what he is saying. He's saying, if you want to serve me, if you want to live for me, if you want the crown of life from me, if you desire to be positioned correctly before me, you will have to drink the cup that I will have to drink. You will be persecuted as I am persecuted. You will be hated as I am hated, but you still can't have the seat at my right and at my left. You still can't have what you're asking for. In other words, you must be positioned correctly even though you are not going to be getting the position you're wanting. Boy, that's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow. But it's a great lesson for all of us to learn. Sometimes we don't get what we want from Jesus, but we still gotta give our lives to him. We still have to go after him, even though we can't manipulate him into giving us something we want from him. We'll still have to, to live for him, even if he doesn't give us what we desire. And that's a question. Will we walk with the Jesus that we cannot control? Will we walk with him? You know, I've, I've heard people say to me on several occasions, several occasions, well, if God would do this for me, well, if, if God would, would do that for me, if, if God would give me that certain thing or that certain person, if, if, if God would, would provide for me this, this job title, then I would, then I'll serve him. Then I will drink from the cup that he has to drink from. 
But see, this is, this is not how it works. We see here, God cannot be bartered with. We cannot barter with the one that created us in the first place. We're already his. We've been bought for and paid with a price. We cannot manipulate God into doing what we want him to do because he's the one that's already breathed life into our dry bones. He's the one that created us out of death, he, out of dust. He's the one that is carefully and fearfully, wonderfully made and knitted us together in our mother's womb. He's the one that gave his life as a living sacrifice. So if he doesn't do another thing for us, he's already given us the greatest gift possible, salvation. And we have to be positioned. We, we must continue to be positioned before Jesus, even if we don't get the position or possessions that we want from Jesus. And see, after Jesus says all of this to, to James and John, he says all these things. Look what happens next. Verse 24, it says this, and when the 10 heard this, when they heard this, they were indignant at the two brothers because self-serving positions will always cause dissensions. It will always cause a division when we are seeking something in a selfish, selfish manner. See, these, these 10 other disciples outside of James and John heard their request and they thought, these two don't care about us. Man, they're willing to step on us to get what they want. They're willing to go around us in order to rule over us. This is how they, they feel because these two are seeking their own position. And Jesus says this in verse, verse 25. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles rule it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. The world looks to, to rule over people and they enjoy making their position known to everyone else. Use their position to, to rule over each other. The world will seek to gain fame. They'll seek to gain fortune. They will have all these selfish ambitions because they are not worried about being positioned to hear from God. They aren't worried about being positioned to receive anything from Jesus. They are only worried and concerned about their own position so they can accumulate all these other possessions. It's a, it's a grab. It's a power grab, a money grab. And because they're concerned with their own position, they find themselves out of position with God. Can, can, can I just take us back to basketball for a minute? <laughs> like, I, I can't stand playing with people who act like this, who are only out to get their own stats, who are only there to get their own recognition, who are only there to create their own highlight reel, right? And the reason I can't stand playing with them is because all the time they are caught out of position, which hurts the entire team. They'll go for a steal when they shouldn't have went for a steal. They should have stayed in front of their player. 
But they go for a steal, they miss it, and then it leads to an easy bucket. Right, they come off, they get, they, get, they, they get the ball, and they throw up some wild shot instead of making the extra pass for an easy shot. They're not positioned correctly because they're seeking their own glory, their own fame, which hurts the entire team. And see, a team is stronger together. The team is better when everyone is thinking about everyone else, which is the same, same way in the body of Christ. We're better together. We're stronger when we're looking out for one another. It, it shall not be so among you shall not be so because for you in order for you to be positioned correctly before him this is Jesus he says in order for you to be positioned correctly before me you must be a servant to all and a slave to one another you must be selfless not selfish this is how you are to be positioned in this life it's positioned, not your own position. He says, because even I, even I, the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for the many. Jesus telling us, make sure you're positioned to serve. Be positioned to love. Be positioned in humility. Be, be positioned to hear. Be positioned to receive. Be positioned for purpose and be positioned on purpose. Find yourself correctly positioned before him. And so the question that I have for you today that is presented to us today, how are you positioned right now in your life? How are we positioned together in our lives? Because our positions in this life, our job titles, our bank account numbers, all those things, don't matter if we're not positioned correctly with God Almighty. Now hear me, today was just the intro. We wanted to set up where we're headed in the future, where we're going to be heading because this thing's going to get better as we go along because we're going to get more specific. We're going to get more detailed on how, on how to be positioned correctly before God. We'll learn how through the word of God, how to arrange ourselves in a specific way to receive from God. So come on right now in closing with every head bowed, every eye closed. In order to, to start finding yourself positioned correctly, you have to first give your life to Jesus. That's the very first step in positioning. The very first step. And so listen today, if you've never given your life to Jesus or you have, but you find yourself far from him in this moment, I would love to be the one to help you find him again or walk towards him once again so in order for you to be positioned correctly I want you to repeat after me this morning Lord Jesus I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Lord I know I am a sinner in need of a Savior and so, Lord, I ask that you would forgive me. I would ask that you would fill me. 
I would ask that you would position me correctly before you right now in this moment. I give you my life. I give you everything. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Bible says now you are saved. You are saved in Jesus' name.